David, did you want to say anything else to our to our viewers? I have nothing profound to say. Hi, everybody. I'm Holly. And I'm David. And we are thrilled to welcome you to what we're calling Holistic and Holy, a healthier approach to church-based youth work. We'd like to use this uh, first time talking with you all to sort of explain um, who we are, what Holistic and Holy is, uh, why we're doing it in the first place, and what you can look forward to uh, in the coming weeks this summer. First, we just we just want to introduce who we are. Like I said, I'm Holly. I am based in Vienna, Austria. I am married with two kids, and we are part of a church plant and mission team um, where we focus on outreach. And I have a particular interest in mental health. I'm a certified character mentor, and I help run and organize a couple of different nonprofits that have to do with uh mental health, physical, social, emotional, uh, and spiritual health as well. Yeah, I mean, in short, that's me. David, how about you? Who are you? I also used to live in Vienna. Um, I am a pastor with the Austrian Baptist Union. Uh, I am, however, not Austrian. I'm originally from the United Kingdom. And for six years, I lived in Vienna uh, as part of the pastoral team uh, of a church. It was quite an interesting church working with uh, young families and students and refugees from Iran and Afghanistan. Very, very colorful and vibrant mix. Since February this year, I have been living in uh, a completely different part of Austria, in the, in the mountains, in the Alps, in Bad Ischl, uh, where I also pastor a church. So that's kind of one of my hats that I wear. The other hat I wear is I lead the Austrian Baptist Union's youth and children's department and have nationwide responsibility for thinking about youth and children work in all things Baptist. And so David and I, we have actually never met in person. We connected on Twitter of all places, found a space that was not um, hostile. <laughs> yeah. Because of his passion in uh, youth work and my passion in mental health, we formed this idea of wanting to talk about what's going on um, in church-based youth programs, what teenagers are experiencing when they go to youth group, when they go to church, um, how do they experience their youth pastors and anyone who's volunteering. And given that this year has been very difficult, uh, we are very sensitive to and aware of the fact that the summer might be kind of a shock for a lot of our teenagers who have been in isolation because of different degrees of lockdown. And we're, we got to wondering what is it going to be like for teenagers who are trying to reintegrate themselves, not only into the normal day-to-day -day, uh, parts of their lives, but what will it be like to reintegrate into youth group and um, in church in general? Along with that, David and I got to thinking of how, you know, what's the health, the overall holistic health of our teens in general, both pre-pandemic and now post-pandemic? And what are some things that are sticking out in, in more of a negative light? And what are some ways that we can approach church-based youth work in a healthier, more well-rounded way 
so that our teenagers, yeah, are thriving um, instead of hiding and leaving, which we see happening kind of in mass right now. I think, David, you have a really interesting take on it, given your background and, yeah, current um, job position and everything and what you've been seeing. So if you could tell us a little bit more about when we say holistic and holy, what are we talking about? Yeah, so kind of one of the uh, one of the ways that I come to youth work is a, a later addition to the world of youth work. My initial background was in church pastorate, and especially working with um, young adults, so kind of twenty through thirty. We had a gap year program, a year out program, where people could come and spend time with us and just listening to their stories and helping them think through uh, what it means to follow Jesus in uh, 21st century Austria. Some of the stuff that people uh, in their 20s were kind of having to work through, kind of process, trying to uh, yeah, recover from in some senses from their experiences of youth work in churches. Um, and uh, some stuff they had to unlearn maybe or learn in a different way, some stuff that maybe they'd heard was really important that suddenly discovered, oh, the world isn't quite as simple as it had been told. And so when I began then working with teenagers and having responsibility for youth and children's work, one of the things that I began by asking myself is, is there a way of doing youth work in a, in, with a posture that means maybe there's slightly less to unlearn? Is there a way of kind of going upstream to try and fix the problem um, and um, do youth work in a way that encourages thriving and encourages flourishing? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of the ways that I, I come to uh, the theme of holistic and holy um, is I approach it as someone with this pastoral experience and someone with also the, the posture of, uh, of a pastor of saying, how do I... How am I there as, uh, as a youth worker for the individual person that's in front of me? And I think that's what is captured by holistic. Holistic is paying attention to the, the one person or the group of persons that I have in front of me, uh, seeing what they need, giving them the space to respond or not respond as they feel fit, and giving them the space to, you say in German, wonderfully, sich entfalten, to unfold themselves. It's such a beautiful phrase. <laughs> uh, and the holy part is I'm really interested in the idea of divine action and God's action in youth work. I think a lot of the time um, we can often come to the subject of youth and children's work thinking of God's really far away and God's maybe a bit boring. God doesn't have a lot to do with the lives of young people. So what I need to do as a young person, uh, as a youth worker or as a children's worker is be super interesting and kind of be a replica God. And the holy bit for me is saying, well, what would happen if we kind of pulled our personalities back a little bit and went from the idea of, no, God, God isn't actually so far away. God is interested in the lives of young people. And holiness is that which happens when God addresses us in the gospel. God comes to us in moments of encounter, in moments of faith. Um, so the holistic for me is kind of placing the focus on our action as humans, as youth workers, as children's workers, and the holy is placing the emphasis on God's action. What happens if we try and bring those two together? I just resonated so much with what you're saying about God is dis distant, God is far away, and the, the teens and the children are, are uh, they might be thinking these things. And so I, as the pastor, I, as the, the volunteer, the intern have got to be bigger than life in order to 
uh, capture everyone's attention and not only that, but create an atmosphere, a playful and exciting atmosphere where they're going to want to come back. That That's kind of how, at least I'm hearing you phrase the, the current youth trend. What I'm also hearing you saying is the Holy Spirit moves where, you know, we're, we're not providing the spirit with a lot of room to work with. If we're inserting our bigger than life personalities and all of that space. I mean, the, the thing of I have to create all the atmosphere, I have to create all the energy is, I mean, on one level, it's exhausting. <laughs> and I, there's not enough coffee in the world for that. Um, and on the other hand, like one of the, one of the basic presuppositions that I have about the Christian faith is what Paul says in Romans when he's talking about God and he's talking about the God who brings life to the dead and calls things into being that are not. Mm -hmm. I think if you kind of start with that, it's the God that we worship. Mm -hmm. This God who can just call into being things that are not, then maybe we can go from a little bit more confidence that God also is wanting to be present in our youth work. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's such a good way to look at that. And in a way, it, it, the first thought I had hearing you say that was perhaps why we go all out and <laughs> and run on all of this adrenaline and caffeine and then lack thereof when we've kind of eventually run out is there's a lack of confidence in God's ability to call things into being in our youth groups and youth camps and those types of things. And so we try to make up for what we think is not there. You know, I think that might actually say more about us as leaders um, and volunteers and ministry workers. Where are we pla placing our confidence? In what are we placing our confidence? So we wanted to, we've, we've talked a little bit about, you know, where this idea came from, tried to, tried to define what it means to be holistic and holy, at least in this context. And so we wanted to take a little bit of time to to describe those so that we're able to better lay a foundation of why we're doing this in the first place. We're just wanting to encourage you to stick with us. If you see yourself or hear yourself in any of these stories, um, we want you to know that we understand and that we hear you and that we hope that this is something that's healthy and helpful. We are going to share our stories, but want to also stress that this uh, that this time together beginning now and then in the future is not going to be a place where we just really take people to task. Um, we also find that to be unhealthy and not helpful. We're wanting to learn together and to educate one another, listen to each other, and just explore uh, different healthier approaches to uh, working with teenagers today. So we just wanted to express that before we dive into uh, what David and I have experienced, which is which is different in a lot of ways. He is English. I am American. So we and we also come from different backgrounds, different uh, stories of faith. Um, and so we're going to have different stories, but we have a lot of similarities. David, where is it that you are coming from when we are approaching the subject of of youth work and needing a healthier approach. I look back on my youth time uh, experiencing youth work and experiencing youth group really positively. Kind of from 11 through 16, we lived in the east of England, in Norfolk, um, kind of think Hobbiton. 
Adore. without the round doors. Um, small market town. And uh, I was part of a Baptist church, a charismatic Baptist church that had a separate youth service parallel to the main service. And I found that to be a really, really positive uh, thing. We had youth workers who, especially in my early years, who really invested in us, um, who really took uh, God seriously um, and modeled taking God seriously, who modeled a really living and vibrant faith and a really holistic faith as well. So, uh, I mean, this is the early 2000s. We were already talking about stuff like mental health. We were talking about uh, what is the, the task of the church in areas of justice, in areas of environmental protection, in how we use our money. And so that was a really, really formative uh, time for me. And then after that, uh, 16, I moved because uh, my parents changed job and ended up near Oxford and then ended up in a church without uh, any youth work, really any other teenagers, an established church. And that was also a really, really positive experience. I was then um, kind of given uh, things that I could contribute to the church. So I was really involved in the worship group, for example. I was part of a home group with adults, kind of mixed age home group. And that, again, completely different from the experience beforehand, but being seen as someone who had something to contribute and something of worth uh, was a really positive experience for me as well. And so kind of two very different approaches to how uh, a church can incorporate a young person, but two that I look back by and large and say, no, I really value what I got from both of those experiences. So what are you seeing now so you had this you grew up having a positive experience um and now you're kind of on the other side of that in a, in a leadership role what has been your experience as you observe and talk with others about youth group or about uh their, their past youth group experiences to where they are now as adults has that changed at all you know, I, I know people who've also had really positive experiences, but I also know people who've had really negative experiences or mixed experiences, certainly. So um, I've worked a lot in the last eight years with people coming from the States. Some of those are bringing baggage of kind of God and country mixing together. And where do you then, if I suddenly go abroad and discover, or oh, maybe the country vision that I've been sold isn't as good as I uh, I've heard it. What does that mean for my God vision? You know, can I separate out those two things and keep the faith whilst also maybe losing some of the other stuff or uh, have grown up in kind of purity culture um, settings as well and kind of processing that and my, my body image. And so I, I, I've seen uh, and had lots of conversations about uh, those kind of issues. Um, how do I read the Bible is an area that constantly fascinates me because I think a lot of the time teenagers really want to take seriously the idea of living by the Bible, but haven't necessarily been given the tools to be able to read the Bible for themselves, but have been told what is in the Bible. And then they start reading the Bible as young adults and discover, oh, maybe what's in the Bible isn't quite as easy or quite as nice and clear cut as I've been told. And how do I then begin to process that kind of, uh, um, that kind of tension? Mm -hmm. um, and how do I begin to process what I've been told is very easy in the Bible with maybe a more complicated world that I'm beginning to experience as a young adult. 
and I'm one of those adults. <laughs> um, and which comes from from my experience. I'm from the I'm from the states and grew up in the Bible Belt. And so, when I think back to my time in youth group, it's it's mixed. I wouldn't say that I'm coming with an enormous amount of baggage, um, and that I am or have been. Uh, recovering from from my experience in youth group, um, but there, there are some things that that stand out. We had the games. We stayed up, you know, when we were together uh, in camps or retreats and things like that. It was, you know, stay up till three a.m. and you're doing the the marshmallow game and toothpick. Oh, the chubby bunny, isn't it? Chubby bunny, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you couldn't get that past British health and safety when I was in youth group because of choking hazard. You know, I wonder how many youth group games are canceled now. I went to all those just enormous youth, youth retreats that were a week long and you'd stay, you know, on a college campus somewhere and have these enormous worship services and, um, breakout sessions and you'd stay up you know, incredibly late, wake up incredibly early. So I did that. And I did grow up in, in purity culture with the peer, you know, I signed a purity contract, um, probably when I was 15 or 16. Um, you know, so I, so, so I did all of that. And there was some always sort of something inside that felt like this is just crazy emotional all the time. And I'm not sure why, but for me, what really changed and where I had to sort of in my own way, begin a process of recovery was after I came out of that and then began traveling to other uh, Christian uh, summer camps. I was a recruiter for my college. I would go and do this spiel, you know, of like, here's all of the amazing reasons that you're going to want to go to this college. So I would have this speech ready. Sometimes I would have a teammate with me and we would, you know, have this little dialogue going or whatever. I also had to be a camp counselor um, at every single one of these things. And I did it for three, for three summers, uh, went to somewhere between five to seven each summer. So my, you must have quite the sleep deficit. uh, It (laughs) was rough, (laughs) but I, what I witnessed uh, in, you know, those 18 to 21 camps really shocked me, really impacted me in a way that I'm learning from it now, I think in a positive and healthy way, but also impacted me in a way uh, and, you know, very negatively. And I stopped with a pretty you know, bad taste in my mouth with the whole thing of how I saw that it was uh, run, how I saw um, teenagers being spoken to by people in leadership roles, um, how uh, the conversations people were having in, in group discussions with teenagers was doing, it seemed to me to, it was doing more harm than good. Um, and just that it, it seemed like no one was prepared for what would come out of these camps. Um, while at the same time, these the, all of the camps were extremely emotionally charged um, to the point where no one was, I'm fairly certain no one at the majority of these camps was tr- properly trained to hold space for what the teenagers were sharing. Um, and it's hard to go from that back to, okay, well now thank you for sharing. We're going to pop balloons. 
that impacted me greatly. And now that I've been in this, um, you know, been a, a character mentor for the last five years, been working in mental health, at, you know, since then, um, I've taken group uh facilitation extremely seriously. And so this, this is for me a, a topic uh, about which I'm passionate because of that mm. and how we should, how we can be better prepared as facilitators and leaders to guide our teenagers in healthy conversations without um, emotional manipulation being part of that. So to, to, kind of close this out a little bit, we did want to share with you what we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. Ultimately, we're wanting this to be a place where we are striving to educate and um, help our teenagers enrich their spiritual lives, enrich their um, mental and emotional health, um, and walk alongside them. So we, David, could you just Kind of take us through some things we might talk about uh, in the future, and we're going to look at maybe more specifically looking at the the topic of power, which will happen in our next episode. But we'd like to, you know, quickly give you an overview of what's to come this summer. David, could you sort of take us through that? Yeah. So maybe I'll start with the next one. Power, I think, is a really interesting, um, really interesting concept. We all have power. If we're in any kind of leadership role, we particularly have power, both as a result of our person and what we bring, life experience, um, because of the age gap, also because of the function that we have. And I think often we're not very aware of the power that we have, or we don't think about how we're using it. We don't think about prior dynamics between us uh, individual to individual or uh, power dynamics within a group. And so we thought it would be fun to talk about those kind of issues and uh, maybe become a bit power aware mm -hmm. uh, and also talk about the positive uses of power, how we can use power in ways that are liberating and in ways that are freeing, uh, how we can empower other, uh, the teenagers that we work with maybe talking about issues of leadership and my posture as a leader. Uh, what am I trying to achieve? What do I think my task is in youth work? Holly is particularly interested in the idea of emotional, healthy, uh, emotionally healthy faith and holistic uh, personhood um, and is really fascinated by the idea of catharsis and uh, emoting in groups and crying um, and what kind of uh, stuff might be going on in a group dynamic there. So we thought we'd have a chat about that. We thought we might have a chat about healthy relationships and purity culture and bodies and sex and consent and all that kind of fun area and how we communicate about those issues in consent uh, in church work. I would love to talk about how we read the Bible and how we give young people uh, space to wrestle with uh, the Bible and uh, how we can think about issues of hermeneutics in church-based youth work. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll find other stuff we want to talk about along the way. I'm sure we will. And we're, uh, thank you so much. And we're hoping that we've got some ideas of people who might join us along the way, but you might get you know, tired of seeing uh, mine and David's face. And so we might- That's bring... never gonna happen. No. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> no, they're, they are so for us. 
Yeah, we we may or may not bring uh, bring in some guests to join us to have a little bit more of a panel discussion, um, and and um, bring in people who are experts in different fields uh, when it comes to the topics that that David uh, listed off. And yeah, just bring some people in and have a little bit more of a deeper conversation. Um, David and I will do our best to make this something that you can rely on and um, come back to uh, on a mostly uh, weekly basis. And of course, we want to hear from you. Um, If you have any suggestions or topics that you want us to cover, or you want to connect with us in a way where you can share a little bit of your story and we can perhaps connect that to something that we're going to talk about in the future. Um, We would love that. Uh, So definitely connect with us. Uh, We've listed our um, contact information below of how you can find us on Twitter. If you want to get some dialogue started, of course, you can also leave comments on here as well. Um, And in order to stay, uh, Up to date, of course, we encourage you to like and subscribe to Holistic and Holy so that every time we record and post, you're the first to know. Yeah, so you can be, so you can uh, know when we've posted something new, you know, share it with anyone you think might benefit from a conversation like this. Um, Something that David and I are really aware of, and I think we touched on it earlier, is just that there's... I think a lot of, uh, we think there's a lot of feelings of loss right now um, and people not really knowing how to reconcile uh, their experiences uh, in church. Um, And so if you know someone who is looking for community and looking for uh, a space where people can speak healthy and positive things into their life, definitely send them our way and so that we can connect with them and hopefully um, help with whatever it is that they're experiencing. Um, so those are my closing thoughts. David, did you wanna say anything else to our to our viewers? I have nothing profound to say. <laughs> uh, other than I've... <laughs> <laughs> I, I suffer from, uh, suffer from being British. And uh, <laughs> my, uh, my friend, one of my good friends is from Georgia. She compared me to, you know, those gifts of grumpy cats uh she spent a lot of time uh photoshopping my face next to gifts of grumpy cats so i will compensate for my grumpy cat nature and say that i am very excited about this um and i will at one point tell my face and uh yeah looking forward to the conversations we're gonna have Again. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it as well when you're looking in, in, in the mirror in the morning and kind of trying to get rid of those wrinkles. Uh, we want to make sure that the conversations that we have are enriching um, and not uh, the opposite of that, where you're feeling drained afterwards. We're, we're not going to. De-riching. Use- de-riching. <laughs> You've been de-riched.